0: Hey everyone, welcome to Healthy Mind, Happy Life Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Engler. I believe that we can all move through life transitions without losing who we are, but it takes the right support, community, and connection to carry us through. We can heal through sharing experience, strength, and hope. Each week, we will have genuine and real conversations that will inspire you to shift your mindset to live a happier, free life. So, today we have a very special guest, Dominic Scalzo. Dom and I met years ago, which we do dive into at the beginning of the episode. We share similar passions for fitness and recovery from drugs and alcohol, which is why I felt called to have him on today. Dom is a trainer at a gym where he helps many individuals with a variety of fitness goals, but along the way, he has been very open about his recovery which has allowed other people in that environment to open up and discuss their challenges with alcohol and drugs. He started a support group for fitness lovers and those in recovery about a year ago, which has been going very strong. He is such a genuine, honest, and committed person to himself, his wife, his son, and anyone who crosses his path. He has so much passion, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hey, Dom, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you taking this time out of your very busy schedule. I know you're for a sure. dad now, and you work, and you run your own recovery meetings, and you have your own recovery to take care of, so it's a lot, and I appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, of course. No, I was excited to do it, and anytime I can uh, just share a little bit, I, I am quick to say yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so why don't you just share a little bit about like who you are as a human and what it is that you do?
1: Yeah, so my name is Dom. I uh, right now I am a fitness trainer. I train people remotely around the world that do uh, that want to just look good, feel good. Some people compete in fitness or powerlifting or whatever it might be—running races, running races. Um, but yeah, I kind of hit a spectrum of people and I, uh, I love it and, uh, allow help with nutrition and kind of life coaching, that type of thing. So the full, full barrier of health and wellness, um, for my clients and, uh, yeah. And I, I've been sober now for, um, like nine and a half years, something a little like nine plus years and uh,
0: it's
1: been a good ride
0: yeah and so we met at that time we met years ago yeah a little before that time (laughs) a little before that time but that's okay and you know so actually I feel really blessed that I saw you you know during that time and then seeing your journey along the way I just I always think it's really cool to witness that for sure So we can take a little trip back in time and why don't you just explain to us like at that time what did your relationship with drugs and alcohol look like
1: yeah so that was when we met like I was that was in the thick of my addiction so that was probably like 10 maybe 11 years ago um probably like 11 and I was badly addicted to pills at the time and I I just I I did drink alcohol. I was one of those where I was like, if I drink alcohol, I could die. So maybe I'll just do pills instead. And I just thought that was such a genius concept. I was like, I'll just just do the just do the hard drugs, not the alcohol, which made no sense at the time. Um, but with that said, I still got DUIs and drank myself silly when I didn't do drugs. And it was still a a, a big problem in my life, but I just did not see it at the at during that time. But um, I, I quickly went from pills to heroin to injecting heroin and and just really going down that rabbit hole of overdoses and a few times and um, wound up kind of living under a bridge for a little while in New York City and just I, under my choice to it wasn't like I was forced to live there it was just I could not figure out how to get home and I just chose that instead because it was easier to get drugs and uh, but led me to making myself homeless to then getting in jail and spending time in, in a little, just quick jail stints and uh, waking up to my coach in college. Uh, I played cross in college, but waking up to him, beating on the cell, being like, what are you doing, man? We got to get you out of here. And I was like, Why, what are you doing here? Who called you? And uh, that kind of started my journey into like looking into what sobriety is. Cause I, I was kicked out of school really wasn't allowed to go back to the state of New Jersey. And uh, that's kind of when I kind of met you. I don't like, I don't remember meeting you at the time, but we've had talks about this back then. And I think you and I kind of crossed paths. You were in the, I have more time group where it was like, you only go twice a week or something like that. And I was in like, I got to go every day because what is this sobriety thing? And uh, you you graduated up a little bit when we first kind of met and, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So
0: for the audience that, that they, if they don't know, so treatment groups, we met in, uh, in, I don't know if we did we meet in a treatment group or through our counselor? I think we had the counselor. And it's how yeah, it connected was, us. when I
1: went to make that transition to the next group we met and then, yeah, then I just kind of fell off.
0: Yeah. So treatment groups, for those of you who don't know or who haven't been through a program before, basically you start off going to four groups twice or wait four groups 2 hours four, yeah four days a week 2 hours yeah and then you meet with your counselor like every week or every other week for an individual and then once you get so much sobriety under your belt or you're doing quote good enough they like graduate you up to the next group which is like one or two days a week and then you have to do a specialty group which can be like creative arts or a family group or a relapse prevention group. So there's like different fun groups that you can take. Um, So you also do that. And then I I also, um, for me, I then became a peer recovery coach. Mm -hmm. And so I would sit in on the group. So I was still, I wasn't in the group, but I was a peer support to the group itself. Um, sure. and I think that's probably where we met because I do remember I was still in early recovery when we met, and I and I would pick you up and we would go to meetings. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, and so, um it's so, so guess- funny
1: too, because you're you're like I, I remember specifically I'm like anyone that had like over three months was like they've been sober for their whole life. Like in that feeling when I had that. So I was like, wow, this girl, she's got, I think, I don't know what you had. It was like, like three to six months, something in that time span. And that was like eternity. And I think during that time I started to, I just got like, like two months. And I think the most I had at the time was like three tops. And then I, I would relapse, but I just remember that feeling of being like, I just can't wait to graduate that just means like I've got accomplished so much and then I did it and I was like well there's nothing left to do I might as well relapse right it was just like that's kind of where I was at I was I was just so like lost and broken that I just thought I, if I achieved that then I'll be fine and then I achieved it and it was like worse than it was before just because I was so completely gone by it.
0: I do find that a lot with people in treatment, like what you just explained is like, oh, I just need to get through this early recovery group. And then like, I'm more valuable and I'm more important if I can make it to the next group. Right. And the focus becomes, I just need to get through this versus enjoying the process, you know, taking away from the things that you're learning in group and like, utilizing that time it's like the mindset if you're if you're not fully ready for it the mindset becomes like I just have to get through this I have to just do the bare minimum um, and I just have to do my six months and then I'm good right like I'm cured
1: for sure yeah and and like to be fair in that time too like I got that's when I found out that I wasn't allowed to go back to school I couldn't go back and play lacrosse right at the after like that three month mark right after I like graduated quote unquote and so that had me a little little uh low in life and and I kind of ran like ran with that and allowed that as like the excuse to kind of go but but with that said I I do like some things I found later in my or later in my journey to become sober and, and do this over again was like understanding that stuff is going to happen and you can't just be like well I've, life's over with now and kind of go with that and and it's completely easier said than done but um, that's something I did have to learn the hard way a couple of times
0: well and I love that they use the word you graduated treatment because it's not like recovery isn't something that you graduate from
1: for sure for sure it and like a the- lifelong commitment yeah, and one a story that the woman that we know that we met through the counselor that she tells everyone, like when she first met my wife, which I like, she told she's like, You should have heard Dom this. And it just, it's like this thing, like I, I like to do everything 100%, just like most addicts, right? And most people, a lot of people just like, I wanted to be the best junkie possible. That wasn't my idea, but when I became it, I was like, I'm going to get as much as possible all the time. And when the first meeting in her office, I was like, listen, I am going to be the best at sobriety. I'm going to be the best. And she was, she just kind of like laughed because there's nothing you can do when you hear that. When I hear that, I'm like, God, oh, I know where you're coming from. I get it. And, and it's just, it made me laugh because you're right. Like you can't be the best at it. You could just be sober today. And that's the best anyone can be at it right and it's like that's really it and, and it's just funny that's how simple it is but like holy crap is that difficult
0: mm-hmm. yeah she has a couple few stories uh, uh regarding me too the, her famous right. one is that I wore the every time I used she knew because I wore a hoodie and I pulled mm-hmm. the hoodie up Right. You yeah. always said that's the number one sign of someone using is when they had their hoodie pulled up.
1: Yeah. Or <laughs> I was like, curl into
0: this ball up, into my chair and she knew up. it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Everyone yeah. has them.
0: So what sparked you to really embrace this recovery journey? Because, it, you know, you said you had a lot of ups and downs and it took a while. And so what really like triggered or sparked you into recovery?
1: Yeah, so I've had a a couple kind of things happen. Like the first, when I like really started to really put more effort, like every time I would go get sober, I had the best intentions, right? Like my intentions were, I'm just gonna do this. Like, let's go, you can do this. And I would do it, but then there would be like little things floating in my brain. And I would always kind of run with them a little bit, like fleeting thoughts of using again or something along the lines of that. And then I would like kind of put them aside. I was in like a detox and I was, I wanted to get out of there and I knew how to lie and be like, show how sober I can be and get out of there. And my mom picked me up when I was able to get released early, which was just so crazy that I did. And uh, I came up with this story that she had to bring me money and pick me up to then bring me to the hood and she like parked a couple streets down and I went and got like literally from detox when got heroin and crack and put in my pocket and I was like oh I needed money for the shoes but he wouldn't give me the shoe like just this ridiculous story I ended up kind of overdosing that night and that led me to like this really dark place when I woke up and I was like I gotta I got to do something different. And I like happened like stumble down my stairs and research, like the best places to get sober and like intervention came on the online. And it was like, and I've seen that show a million times. I don't know why that's such like a fascinating show when you're using, but it's like, you kind of see everything and it makes you, it made me feel better about my situation. Right. And this place had an opening that was on the show and they were like, I, I, called them and it was like the first time I went out of my way to like do it myself and didn't have my mom do it didn't have my counselor do it didn't have this counselor do it and so on and so forth and I uh long story short overdosed again and got down to Florida and uh when I was in Florida I just kept like, like it was a new scene, right? Like I didn't know anything. I was like, if I relapse, like I'm stuck here. Like I don't know what to do. So I was like, I might as well just listen. And and I did. And and I, I had like little issues there, here and there. But I finally was like, you know what? Just like, don't get high today. Just don't. And then just go to a meeting. And then that led to a meeting in the morning and then a meeting at night and then a meeting in the morning and then a meeting at noon A meeting in the afternoon, and then a meeting at night, and ended up being like one meeting a day to two meetings a day, to three a day, to four, just because I was like, why not go full blast, and I just started to not compare everything I was going to, but just relate to everybody, no matter what it was, if they're talking about alcohol, I could be like, well, I did the same thing, but with heroin, or if they were talking about like, whatever it was, I could just be like, you know what? That's the same thing. Maybe some different words, but it's the same thing. And, and just, I realized that like, I can't, like this isn't as crazy as it seemed as, I, as long as I just don't get high today. And every time I say that out loud, it seems so silly, but it's, it also is such a, a stone on your back just to, to go through that each day. Um,
0: well, yeah. what I hear is the simplicity of it. Right? It's just like a super simple mantra that you told yourself every day, just okay, just today, just for these next few hours, this is what I'm focused on just don't use and get to a meeting. And also, that it wasn't just the meetings, right? I hear that the structure was really helpful. The connection that you felt with other people, the relating to what other people were going through, and that that was extremely helpful and inspired you to keep going back.
1: For sure, yeah, and and like like without a doubt. And I think like there was one instance, and and like I've, I think I think I've told you this story before, but this there was one like very big turning point and like after this all of those things that you just mentioned kind of just I don't want to say they fell into place but I allowed them to fall into place instead of fighting them all the time but I I had like a relapse and this was my last relapse and um I I was mad about it because I didn't use heroin I drank like this kratom stuff and like they considered it a relapse and I was like I can't believe that I wasted this relapse on this and I just was like so ridiculous about this but I ended up like the the perp or the outcome of it was I had to go back to treatment and he said for two my counselor said for two weeks and like two weeks like I told you already hearing someone has three months sober is like seven years two weeks inside treatment is like again another year right it just feels like forever seven hours of, of like group work a day and it was crazy. So when they said that, I was like, no. And I, I created this, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go meet these kids and we're gonna go find these girls and we're all gonna rent a place on the beach and blah, 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 blah all this trash. Like everyone, no one was, everyone was talking out of their, their ass really. Like that was like the biggest thing. And I was sitting outside of my counselor's office and I was about to tell him to screw off and that I was gonna leave that evening and as I was sitting there I I don't believe in God still and I didn't definitely didn't at the time but I was just like you know what everyone talks about praying and I think I'm gonna pray right now how do I pray this is like me talking to myself and I was like maybe I'll just start talking you know and I was like yo God person upstairs whatever whatever this thing is like like almost verbatim saying this I was like, if you're real, give me a sign that I, don't, that I shouldn't go home. And that was it. And I was like, yeah, that's good. He'll, under, like, he'll understand. He'll, he'll get it. He knows what I'm going through. And like I'm not even joking. Seconds later, my counselor was like, hey, man, can't talk right now. I'll go back to your group. And I was like, there's a sign. He wants me to leave. He doesn't even want me to talk to this guy. So I went back to the group pissing and moaning and just like I can't wait to leave I was so stoked to like go meet all these women and just have a blast right at this pretend house that didn't even exist because we were broke I don't know who was going to fund this and I'm in group in this uh, the woman that I hated was running the group so I didn't even want to go to that group but she started talking about the simplicity of being sober and something that If you've been in the rooms long enough, you've heard probably every day that you've gone to the room or to the a meeting. And it just something clicked in my brain. And I was like, shit, I can't leave. Like, I'm not gonna leave. And I get chills still every time I say this because I I remember the sights, I remember the smells, I remember everything in that room. Like everything was heightened just because I can remember that. And I didn't use, I haven't used since that day. And that was like a a big turning point to where I just kind of surrendered. I I was like, whatever you tell me, I'm doing. Like, unless it sounds really bad, I'm going to do it. Like, that's really it. And and I did.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that word surrender is so powerful because, you know, I have had the experience of working with many addicts and people in recovery and people that are trying to walk this journey or considering this journey. And surrender is the hardest thing because I personally didn't find I had the willingness to do anything until I fully surrendered, Mm. right? And to me, when I fully surrendered, like you just said, I was willing to do anything. You tell me to get down on all fours and crawl around and bark like a dog, that's what I would do, right? Like if you told me that was gonna help me stay sober, like I was willing to do anything. Yeah. And so I have that conversation a lot with people and it sounds like whatever this woman said, you know, was, um, it pivotal, like it just yeah. like sparked something that you fully just released and let go.
1: For sure. It, release Not is that. like a really good word for that because I don't remember what she said because it was something that, again, that I, I just remember that I knew I've heard this and it was like, like, keep coming back kind of thing, like, you know, like something like that. And it just, it was like, it hit the button that was like, everything's okay. Like, you know, you're good. Release everything, every thought, just surrender everything. And I was like, okay. You know, and, and funny enough, my counselor came in, like, not long after and was like, hey, you want to come chat? I was like, no, man, I'm good. I'll stay. I'll go back to treatment. Don't worry about it. And he was like, what the hell? Okay. And again, that was it.
0: Mm -hmm. So, so share with us a little bit about, because the thing we also have in common isn't just recovery, but it's our passion for fitness and how important that has been in, in our recovery. So share a little bit about when did fitness come? I know it's always been a part of your life, You said you played lacrosse, but when did it really come like full circle and start playing a role in your recovery?
1: So when I got, was starting to get sober, like during that little journey after that, I weighed like 240, 250 pounds. And then I, I would just keep, I would eat. That's all I would do is eat and just eat and eat and eat. And so I ended up getting up to like 250, 260 pounds. And I did not know that was happening. I always saw myself as pre drug addict weight in the mirror. So when I saw myself, I saw old me, not new me. And I was starting to, as I was going to meetings, I was like, maybe I'll go to the gym. And so I would, I would ride my bike. I didn't have a license. So I'd ride my bike to the gym every day or to the meeting every day. And then from the meeting, I'd go to the gym. From the gym, I would go back to the half house. And then I would do that three or four times a day, just gym meeting or I would go play lacrosse out in the field and then go to a meeting and and I would just do like this routine I, I did the same thing for the most part every day and if anything changed it was more activity right that that was it or um, like I was never really at the house being idle anymore um, and after like three months I lost about 70 pounds and uh, maybe even a little bit more than that but I, I just kind of, I, I built a routine. Like I, I knew how to do it. I went to school for it. I studied it. And also I, st- I found found CrossFit during that time. I did play lacrosse again. Like, and again, I, I'm like kind of skipping a little bit, but I fell back into this life of, um, of an athlete, really not like a healthy person, but an athlete. So someone a little bit um, more over the top. And as I was doing that, I... Got a job in fitness, and I was coaching classes, I was competing in it, and I just kind of like again, went full blast that direction and took everything to the fullest extent and and have made it my life's passion and work really behind it. But um, it is it it allowed me to keep a routine. And again, just going back to it, like to some, it might not be simple, but the simple is is like, I'm gonna work out today. I'm gonna eat well today. And I'm going to focus on my sobriety in some way today. So like, that's my like pillars of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Why do you think, or why do you believe, I guess, fitness is so helpful to sobriety and recovery?
1: I know for myself, it has allowed like a release. In the early beginning, like the competitiveness allowed me to like, kind of reach those dark places that I wasn't fully in tune with yet and like fight with those demons that I was still just trying to get out. Once I was able to like go through the steps and go do do that whole thing, it was less about that. And it was more just like trying to go through something that you go through every day. It's like you, you battle yourself, you battle the things in your brain and you battle this, whatever it is. Like, I just want to get one more rep. It's the same idea, same concept in life with trying to stay sober and um it just they it's that the difference is it feels really good <laughs> either way right so if it doesn't work out and you fail the rep you still feel accomplished you still feel good and then on the other time when you do achieve it you are able to have that self like that sense of accomplishment and if and like for myself if I don't I'm like okay next week or next tomorrow I'll go for it again and I'll try it again and it's just it's keep going. it's a, it's another way to to learn more about yourself and learn more about your drive behind certain things you want to do.
0: Yeah, if you miss that rep, I mean, you're not going to jail, right?
1: For sure, you're like <laughs> nothing is happening. Actually, you're just like man, wish I got that. And then you try it again, and you usually get it the next time, or you put in some more work to do it. It's just it 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 emulates the same story that we do. Like you keep building or putting building blocks down to keep getting further in your sobriety in your life whatever it might be and sometimes you have to backtrack a little to go up two more spaces or however you want to look at it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so what is the relationship like with yourself today as a result of all these stepping stones that you've laid down over the last nine and a half years
1: (sighs) Um, loaded question it, it, for sure, a loaded question, but I think, it, and it's just really thinking about this and saying this, I, I'm keeping on theme, right, with the simplicity of it, I feel very at peace with myself by just doing life, like, right, like, be, before I was like, oh, I want to, like, like, I would, it, like, another thing that kind of got me in recovery is, like, I felt envious of people that were like doing well and not using drugs. So like, that was like that, which was not good. That was not a good thing by any means. And so I was trying to use that and that like backfired on me. So now instead of like reaching for what this person's doing and that person's doing, I'm just like, Hey, what makes me happy and what makes me feel well nourished in life. And and I think just being at peace with myself and being able to be like, Hey, I, going to sleep, not looking for something. And I'm waking up, not knowing that I need to look for something, you know? And Mm -hmm. that is like, again, so simple, but so tough and and understanding that I'm going to bed to go to sleep and waking up because I like to start a new day and I can't wait to get through another day. Like that's, that's really it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like the biggest thing is just being okay with simple living, living life on life's terms. Like, and that's it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the fulfillment that you get, like you said, even in fitness, right, you finish that workout in a better time than you thought you would. That's very fulfilling. Um, But it's the same thing in life, right? Like you get through that day sober, or you get through a really challenging time, or when life throws you those curveballs, and you get through it without using or leaning on something, that feeling is so fulfilling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like, listen, I don't want to get it like construed, but like, I mean, I've been through a lot of things while I've been sober, right? And even when I was using, but I've seen a lot of people pass away, like a lot, like more than anyone should ever hear about, right? And, and some people that I knew really closely, some people that I just knew that be, that I got high with or whatever it was, but um, I like, I didn't want to use over that. And in the past, like I did use over that, you know, and and I like a lot of like my mom got cancer and I was just in the, I was like very early in the state. I was like a month sober. And so I was able to get through that and like just a lot of things. And again, countless other things. Um, and I did almost relapse after a few years, but I didn't because of a lot of, like, because I, I didn't have to, right? Like I didn't have to, and I, I was able to not do that. And and again, just understanding that there's things that you will go through. And as long as you don't use, you're going to be okay. And uh, nothing is that bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and the pain's going to be there, right? For it's sure. going to be there no matter what. It, you can use, and it temporarily like numbs the pain, but it doesn't take it away. It doesn't resolve or fix what's going on.
1: Yeah, and like, yeah, if anything, it just numbs it for as long as you're doing, using it. And then you have to deal with even worse things after. And it's like, I don't want that. That's just playing that tape all the way through and understanding that it's never better later.
0: And thank you for sharing that piece about sobriety isn't always easy, right? And it isn't always like rainbows, unicorns and butterflies. Sure. It is life on life's terms. There are challenges. And I, you've heard me share and on this podcast, they've heard me share. I have went through some really dark times in recovery. There's times where I like literally had to just stay in a chair on a cruise ship because I thought I was going to go get alcohol. And mm-hmm. I was like probably six or seven years into recovery. Like yeah. where I, that feeling of like, this is how I felt when I first got clean right? Where it was like, I just need to get through this day. It was like, I needed to get through that minute, right? Seven years in. I think it's,
1: yeah, for sure. And it
0: scared me. It was scary. And then, you know, I still even went through some dark times after that. And it's so it's not always peachy. Um, but now hindsight, you know, we can look back and say like, okay, well, this is what it was showing me. This is what I learned from it. And also because we laid that foundation so early on, right? You did the meetings, you, you stayed structure, you did your little routine on your bike and went to the gym, went to the halfway house, went to treatment, like did what you needed to do. You had that foundation so solid that it supported you when you needed it down the road.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it still does. It still supports me for sure.
0: So what is one thing that you, I know it'd be hard for you to pick one thing, but what is one thing that you would like to share with someone who is either early in recovery or considering, you know, starting this process?
1: I think that, so my sponsor, my old sponsor, my first sponsor through like that brought me through steps and, and everything, he would say, a smart man learns from his mistakes and a wise man learns from others and that is so that statement is so mind-blowing to me because I always thought I had to go through all these things and then I found out that I don't want to go through all those things like I don't have to to like be a person like these are just things that the world says you need to go through so you can come out stronger. Like you don't have to do that. You can hear other people's stories and and be like, well, I don't want to do that. How do you not do that? And so the simplest thing to say for anyone trying to start is just go to a meeting and just ask for help and just follow it. Follow the help of someone that's been here before and just don't question it and and that is a that's that little like don't question it that little like asterisk because it's hard to do that especially with the ego and, and everything but the, the sooner you can let that go and just let it be I, I promise the sooner that sobriety will happen for you it, like that was the only thing holding me back was my ego and, and not surrendering to everything just allowing it all to be as it is. And, and I I've truly live that life to like, I, I'm not gonna, I, I live that life fully today. Like that without even going into detail, I don't have to, because I, I know I do. That's what I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. Now, um, I would like you to share too, uh, the information on the fitness and recovery meeting that you started right was it like a year ago?
1: Yeah, over now. And in, in November was our, our one year of having it. So it's whatever, like, yeah, like nine. Yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been a while, but it's been awesome. It's been huge.
0: Yeah. So can you give us a little more information? If someone wants, if someone's in recovery, and they're really into fitness, and they want to join this group, where can they find it?
1: Yeah, so if you want to, you can Um, DM me on Facebook or on Instagram on on Instagram it's dapperdom10 and if you do that I'm usually able to respond to that more than anything but same with Facebook Um, I don't know I can give you the information kind of link but we don't make the link public just because I don't want just random people showing up without me talking to them for a second and because I've had just some people want to come and observe and I don't feel comfortable with that, but I uh, the link is given to anyone that wants to try sobriety, whether you stay in it or not, and you don't have to be involved in fitness, but that's the common another common thing because some people that started the journey with us have never been to a meeting before and they didn't know how to connect the two or connect to it, but they did know how to do fitness they ran they went to gym whatever it is but so they would Hear us talk about the gym, and then they'd be like, "I also drink a lot too." And then you can kind of use both as that um, kind of cohesive meet and greet kind of thing with uh, with others. And it's been it's been really awesome. We've had a huge, huge times, and then a couple people, like three, four people at at times. So we've had like twenty something people at one time, which is awesome. But it's been going strong.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for giving us that information. And I know the meeting's been really helpful to me. Unfortunately, the life has gotten in the way for me. So I'm not always able to make it as much as I would like. And I just give you a lot of credit for continuing to show up every Monday night at seven o'clock for whoever needs it that night, because it's it's hard to stay committed and it's hard to stay consistent with those things. So thank you for your service and, and doing that every week.
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. If Selfishly allows me to make sure I go to a meeting every Monday, you know, so it's, it's selfishly great for me, but I, I mean, it's, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah. So I will link everything in the show notes. So I'll put your Instagram, your Facebook, if anyone wants to reach out to you, whether it's for the meeting or fitness related, yeah. Um, I will put all your information at the bottom and is there anything else that you feel like the audience needs to know or that you want to share?
1: Um, I think, I guess really just going on that, like the, the small things lead to, to great things is just create a routine, create a perfect day in your life routine and have sobriety involved in it one way or another, and just try it for like a week, see how that helps. And, uh. I think that would be a a big uh, turning, like turning point in a lot of people's lives.
0: Well, thank you so much again. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of the conversation, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to hit those stars below at the bottom of the episode and write a review. I would greatly appreciate it, and I will see you all back next week. Bye, guys.